Go ahead and sit down, guys. Uh, so I'm going to start in Esther 4, uh, and then I'm going to go over to Romans uh, 12. Uh, Esther 4 is kind of hard to find. Go to Psalms, take a left, jump over Job, and you'll be in Esther. Um, the events described in Esther uh, took place in Persia about 500 B.C. Uh, during the Jewish ca captivity in uh, Persia. Uh, Esther was a young Jewish woman who, through a series of intrigues, uh, became queen. Uh, and uh, uh, her uh, cousin, who had taken her in after her uh, mother and father died, Mordecai, uh, was in conversation uh, in this uh, verse we're going to look at with uh, Esther. What had happened was uh, a man had convinced the king to have all the Jews put to death. And so Mordecai is encouraging Esther to act through her position as king. So uh, Esther 4, verse 14, let me read this to you. Uh, For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise uh, for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Well, what we see here is the Lord places us where we're supposed to be at in uh, times of great upheaval. We don't have to uh, worry about chance. The Lord puts us where he wants us to be. So now if you could flip over to Romans 12, we'll start there. Um, I'll give you a chance to, to get there. Um, I'm doing a Bible study at uh, uh, Madison Retirement Home, and when Pastor Don asked me to fill in on this uh, uh, service, I was actually in Romans 12. And uh, Romans is divided into three major categories. The first category is theology in like the first eight chapters, then uh, a dispensational for the next three, and then the last five chapters of, of Romans is actually the duty that uh, Christians have to God. And uh, we'll jump into the start of that in, in chapter 12. I guess I'll put my glasses on. I can see what I'm doing. I, why is this Bible so blurry? <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Romans uh, 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, my uh, uh, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, uh, which is your reasonable service. Uh, so, so we all know that our uh, bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, well, what's uh, Paul talking about here as a living sacrifice? Uh, when Jesus died on the cross, he took away having to actually do animal sacrifices where they allowed the blood to cover your sin. And so what Paul is beseeching us to do is to treat our body as that sacrifice uh, to the Lord and and keep all the unclean things away from it. Um, and he's saying that's our reasonable service. So what's that reasonable service? That's our duty. Really, it is. That's, that's our duty to keep, keep our uh, bodies as a living sacrifice acceptable to God. Verse 2, uh, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That was the first Bible verse that I memorized after I got saved, so it means a lot to me. Um, what, what Paul's telling us here is, you know, the tendency is to mold ourselves to the world. You know, 
especially hard-on kids, you know. You want to conform to the way people are that are around you uh, so that you're not different, right? But what, what uh, Paul is telling us to do is to not mold ourselves in the manner of the world, but in that godly man that we should be. And, and it's a continuum. You know, it's a transformative process. Uh, just like he says, uh, first it'll be good, then it'll be acceptable, and if you're lucky, it'll be the perfect will of God, and, 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 and you'll be there. Uh, I'm not sure everybody, anybody ever gets to that perfect will of God, but that's something for us to strive for uh, through prayer and study in his word. Uh, verse 3. Uh, for I say through the grace uh, given to me to everyone, um, actually, before I start that up, he's uh, uh, transitioning now to uh, spiritual gifts uh, as he's talking, uh, what Paul has written for us in Romans. For I say through the uh, grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think uh, of himself more highly than he ought to, but to think soberly as God has dealt uh, to each one a measure of faith. Wow, that's kind of opposite of what the world tells us, right? You know, the, the guy that's got the confidence, the guy that's got the, you know, the aura about him that, hey, I know everything. Uh, that's, the, that's the one that the world respects, you know? Um, a while back, there was even a vice presidential candidate that was ran out of uh, even running for president because he, he cried, and at a uh, message he was given. Uh, but uh, again, you know, what uh, Paul is telling us uh, is that we should really realize who we are and, 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 and what gifts we've been given and use the gifts that we've been given uh, to the betterment of the church and, and not, to, not to think that, you know, we're too good to do certain things. Hey, if we're called to do those things, that's what we should be doing. Uh, Proverbs, we're in Proverbs in our Bible study, our Sunday school Bible study, right guys? Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs 12, 15 uh, fits right in here. It says, the way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. So we don't want to be foolish and, and think that we're right on our, on our own eyes. You know, we want, want, if there's any question about something, we want to heed wide, wise counsel. Uh, Romans, uh, uh, back to verse 4. Uh, For as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function. Uh, so we being many are one body in Christ and individual members of one another. This is actually the first time that Paul presents the church as the body of Christ here on earth. And he goes into much more detail uh, uh, in uh, le later letters to the Corinthians and the Ephesians. Uh, it's interesting, every time he's talking about the gifts, he has a, a little different list. And I think if you put all those lists together, you still haven't got all the gifts that are available. Uh, but, you know, what would it be if everybody wanted to be in the worship uh, a team? You know, mm -hmm. nobody would be able to listen because everybody would be worshiping. Uh, so we don't all have the same function, uh, but uh, we're used together for the betterment of the church. Uh, having uh, then gifts, uh, giving, verse 6, uh, having then gifts uh, differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If 
prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Now, prophecy here is um, actually talking about uh, a message from God, not uh, predicting the future. Uh, and we want to be careful that uh, we stay in the word when we're uh, prophesying and that we're not that we're um, in sync with God's word, so to speak. Uh, verse seven or ministry. Let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. Um, the gift of ministry is wonderful. And there's, you know, everybody thinks when you say ministry, they think about the ministry, you know, the, the pastor. But, you know, uh, there's many different ministries in the church, like we were saying, the worship ministry, uh, coffee ministry, the greeting ministry. Uh, and those those come about through different uh, ways. Uh, um, my wife, uh, Kim, uh, has a cancer support ministry that was uh, uh, given to her through a bout of cancer. And, uh, you know, just like it says in Romans 8, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called to her purpose. And so that tragic event in her life has uh, led to that ministry. Uh, verse 8, he who exhorts in exhortation. Hey, I said that word right. He who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Now, exhortation, I think that's a gift that every father should strive to have and use. We're talking about positive motivation, getting people we know, people in the church, our families, if we're a father, to do the things that they should do in a positive way. And, uh, 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 you know, uh, like I said, every father should, uh, should uh, uh, you know, try to have that gift in it, the way he leads his family. Uh, it's, it's sometimes difficult. You know, it's always easier to fall back. I said to do it this way. You know, that's always easier to do. But in the long run, that's not the right way to do. Sometimes you have to go there. Sometimes you have to go there, right, guys? But uh, uh, in, in most cases, I was looking at my Sunday school guys when I said that. Uh, in most cases, uh, a positive motivation is much better. Um, the gift of giving is, uh, now, if Pastor Don was here, we'd have a couple paragraphs on this, right? No, just kidding. We do have giving box, boxes in back if you're so inclined. Uh, but uh, uh, the gift of giving, what do you have to have to give? You have to have resources, right? And if you have resources, where did they come from? They came from God. So we should share them with the church. Uh, the next section, when we start in verse 9, will be uh, uh, the behavior that a Christian should model in relationship to fellow believers. Uh, let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, uh, cling to what is good. Uh, you know, love should be genuine. Uh, everybody can tell if, you know, if, if, you're, if you're faking. You say, man, I love you, you know. But we as believers, we're going to spend eternity together. You know, it, it'll be easier when we have our perfect body. We won't get on each other's nerves so much. But uh, but we should start being genuine and loving each other and, and, and clinging to the Word of God and not being overcome by the ways of this, this world, but uh, 
you know, overcame with the Spirit. Uh, be kindly, verse 10, be kindly affectionate to, another, to uh, one another with brotherly love. In honor, give preference to one another. We're to be kind to each other. You know what? Anybody knows what giving preference means? What's it mean, guys? Yeah? Huh? It's, you, you're deferential, you know? You give your brother the we first, right? Right? That's what it means. Not lagging in diligence, fervent, fervent in the spirit. I had to say that one twice. Serving the Lord. Uh, let me read the way the Living Bible interprets this verse. Uh, so this is a direct quote from the Living Bible. Uh, Never be lazy in your work, but serve the Lord enthusiastically. Right? I mean, who wants to meet a greeter that's got a frown on his face? Uh, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfast in prayer. We've got the hope. I mean, no matter how bad things are here, we have the hope, we have the promise of eternal life. We should rejoice in that. You know, we, sh- we should think about ha- how things are going to be in heaven. You know, uh, one of the worst quotes that uh, uh, I've heard is, you know, he's so heavenly minded, he's no earthly good. You know, everybody heard that? But that's not true. You know, if you've got your, if you've got your mind in heaven, uh, you're going to be able to get through the, the rough spots. You're going to be able to continue steadfasting in prayer. Uh, distributing to the needs of saints and giving to the hospitality. Uh, people think of hospitality as, you know, like inviting people into your home to stay and, and that kind of thing, and that is part of hospitality. Uh, but it's also, um, you know, encouraging that shyer believer that's maybe hanging back on the side and uh, not engaging with people. Um, I want to share a story with you. A friend of ours, really Kim's friend, uh, you know, since high school, Kitty, uh, she told this story about when she was at her 30-year reunion, uh, a lady came up to her and said, I want to thank you. And she said, well, for, for what? And she said, uh, well, you know, 30 years ago, after we graduated high school, I was up at the roller ring. That's where everybody hung out back then. Anybody know what a roller ring is? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, 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 she said, I had decided I was going to kill myself. And I was just debating on how I was going to do it. And uh, Kitty came up to her and uh, started talking to her. Kitty's, you, you, you guys have probably met her. She's been to church here a couple of times. Very effervescent, you know, very bubbly. And she drew her out and, and she said, my whole attitude changed. And I realized that there were you know, people out that really cared for you. And uh, she said, uh, you know, you saved my life. She was put there at, for a time like that. Uh, the, the lady had children that wouldn't have been. So uh, if you're called to do something, you know, don't hesitate. That may be of the Lord. You know, you don't know. You don't know what people are going through. They may have a smile on their face, and they may be tragedy in their life. And you just don't know. You know, so if the Lord is calling you to say something to somebody, for God's sakes, 
say it, you know? What's the worst going to happen? They'll, you know, treat you like a fool, you know? So rather be a fool for the Lord, right? Uh, bless those who persecute you. Anybody ever do that? Uh, bless and do not curse. Uh, don't get caught up in defending yourself. Uh, verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Y'all could cry with me right now. Sorry about that. Uh, uh, the book of Job is a wonderful study for that. Uh, do y'all remember when his three friends came and they saw how sad he was and they just sat there and suffered with him for three, seven days? And then they opened their mouth and everything went south after that. This is what this, is, this verse is saying. If somebody is sad, don't feel like you've got to fix it. You know, just be sad with them. If they're crying, cry with them. Uh, if they're happy, you know, if they got a new job, don't bring them down. Don't tell them how much their taxes are going to increase because their salary's going up. That's not what you should do. Uh, you know, be happy with them. Uh, you know, we're we're family of God, right? We we should care about each other uh, so much so that when somebody's hurting, we really genuinely feel it. Uh, uh, 16, be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things. Second time he said that, right? But associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. And that goes back to the verse I just read in Proverbs. I'm going to read that twice. The way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. So, uh, you know, Paul thought this was important enough to tell us twice. You know, don't set our mind on high things. You know, somebody's got to put the paper towels out in the bathroom, right? Everything has to be done. Uh, our relationship to unbelievers are, are actually a transition into verse 17. Repay no one evil for evil. Uh, have regard for good things in the sight of all men. So we live in a world full of unbelievers. And if you profess to be a Christian, which I'm sure we all do, you've got a mark on your back. People at work are going to watch you. Uh, they're going to see the way you act more than what you say, just like your kids are. You know, uh, your kids are going to model the behavior that you present. You can talk to them for an hour, and they're going to watch with their eyes, and they're going to do what they see you do. Uh, the, the best testimony we can have out in the world uh, is is to be a good Christian, to not, to not defend ourselves when people call us names or, you know, when there's some intrigue at work. You know, be honest and forthright with other people. Verse 18, and I like the way uh, Apostle Paul worded verse 18. If it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. You know, sometimes it's not possible. If it's not possible, take yourself out of that situation. But if it is possible, live peaceably with them. You know, better to be wronged and, and than to strike back and cause a feud, right? 
Uh, beloved, do not avenge yourself, but uh, rather give place to wrath. Where's the place for wrath? Give it to God. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, say the Lord. If somebody's done you a grievous harm, take it to the Lord and let him deal with it. He'll deal with it. Put it out of your mind. Once you've, once you've prayed about it, put it out of your mind. We do not have to seek revenge. We shouldn't even have that in our thoughts. Verse 20, therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Paul's actually telling us here to feed our enemy, right? And that's what we should do. Our actions in situations like these, you know, uh, show more about us and shape uh, people's perception of us more than anything we could do or say. Excuse me. Uh, verse 21, do not uh, be overcome by evil, <coughs> but overcome evil with good. Don't let the fact that somebody's maybe treated you wickedly uh, cause you to, to lose your cool, uh, to uh, uh, seek revenge. Like, like that just said, vengeance is mine. I will repay, said the Lord. See? See? <laughs> Directly from <laughs> Apple. <laughs> Don't get in feuds or quarrels with people. <laughs> Even if you're right, you know, Arguing against anybody remember the analogy where the sun and the and the, the the rain cloud were arguing over who was the most powerful, and the rain cloud said, "I bet I can make him blow his coat off." And he throws thunder and rain, and more he shows it, the tighter the guy grabs the coat. But then when the sun comes out and shines on him, he gets hot and he takes his coat off. That's that's what this is talking about. Uh, don't, do not be overcome by evil, but o overcome evil with good. Um, I think I told you to keep a finger in Esther. Let's go back to there. Y'all see how all this kind of folds into this, this verse, uh, 14, uh, for if you remain completely silent at this time, Relief and deliverance will arise uh, for the Jews from another place, but you and your house will be will perish. Yet, who knows whether uh, you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this? For such a time as this. Now, I know you're not my Sunday school class, but y'all always hear us. We say. On three, one, two, three, wisdom. We're doing that now because it's Proverbs. So we're gonna we're gonna try it in here. So like on three, we're gonna say for such a time as this. Have I got anybody in? Everybody in? Everybody in? On three, one, two, three. 
for such a time as this. Come on. I didn't even hear you guys. Come on. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. On three. One, two, three. For such a time as this. Guys, underline that in your Bible and think about it. When, when things are uh, presented to you and you are being called to act, don't sit there in your chair. Don't be afraid. You know, act. If the Lord's putting something on your heart, do it. He's putting it there for a reason, right? Don't be afraid. If it's at work, I know you have to be politically correct. But if, if, if the Lord is putting something on your heart, it's there for a reason. You know, take that step and act. You know, you, you could be like uh, Kitty and without knowing it, save a life. She was called and she, hey, how you doing, you know? And it changed the lady's whole life. Kids were born that wouldn't have been born. So remember, you could be there for such a time as this. Let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you for this word. Lord, I ask that uh, uh, the message go out and uh, touch the people that it was uh, put here for. Uh, Lord, uh, and uh, uh, bless all the fathers in this uh, uh, upcoming day and the weeks and months ahead. And Lord, uh, give these fathers here, I, I pray you to give every father here the gift of exhortation and let him use that uh, in his uh a daily life and his dealings with his children uh, and his wife and maybe his grandkids. Uh, and it's in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.